The deeper Christian life is no deeper than that of the clear teaching of God's Word. It is not a mystery withheld from anyone, but made known to all who will listen and obey. Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life. May Christ lead you deeper into Himself today as together we explore God's Word. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. God's Word tells us of a place of judgment that Christians will come to before Christ upon entering into heaven in which our works will be judged and all that we did for self and not for His glory will be burned away and only what was done for Him and through Him will remain with us. This means there will be for some less to bring into heaven than others to aid them in their worship of Jesus the King. For this reason, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 31 tells us to judge ourselves so that we would not be judged. We are to review our lives, our attitudes, actions, and motives so that we may take as much as possible from this life into our everlasting lives of worship and service to the King. It's incongruent with the impulse to please and serve his Savior, and he hates it. And when it comes upon him, and when he knows he's in a place of compromise, he cries out to the Spirit to rescue him. He cries out, Abba, Father, deliver me. And he gets in that moment the witness of the Holy Spirit, crying within him, Abba, Father. The Spirit joins us in that battle. And Listen, there's a problem with a person who claims to be a born-again follower of Jesus Christ, and they don't have a problem with sin. They're just going along with everybody else. They're behaving the same way. They're copying the same attitudes. They're conducting themselves basically in the same way. They're falling the same pit. And, you know, and their idea is, well, yeah, you know what? Jesus died to save me. I got grace covering me, and I can do whatever I want. And my, my I'm concerned for that person because the grace of God that Jesus Christ gives us brings us into a relationship with him in which we're his child and he's our father and stirs up within us a great longing to live for him and please him and fills our heart with God's heart And one of the things God has in himself is a deep, profound animosity towards sin. And that animosity begins to grow within us and we hate it. And we want victory over it. So in light of the great white throne, judge yourself. Now, if you know and you see that you've passed from that judgment and you're confident you've been born again by your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone, oh, you sin. Oh, you fail. But... I see he awakened me. He gave me repentance. I have trusted in him in all these things. I see that he turned me. I see his life stirring up within me. I do hate sin, right? You see all those things and what a comfort comes to you in that moment that he's done these things and he's producing in you by his spirit, his character and you you see this developing. Now there's another judgment seat you've got to be concerned about, the Bema seat, when you're going to come before that throne. There still is a judgment that has to take place and that's what 1 Corinthians 11, verse 31 is speaking about. It's coming before now that judgment seat and making sure that my life is lived in such a way that I will not lose the possibility of the greatest rewards. I will not lack the opportunity to seize a hold of whatever reward and crown he might give me. That I would judge myself to see how I've pleased God. In a sense... I judge myself to see how I'm living my life of faith within the Father's house. He's brought me into His house. He saved you. He's rescued me. He's delivered me from condemnation. But now within this house, am I living for Him? Is the great supreme purpose of my life to glorify Him and honor Him? Am I turning away from my flesh and turning into Himself? 
1 Corinthians 11.31 again. Now, if we judge ourselves, we would not be judged. That message is to the believer. That message is in light of this Bema seat. The suggestion here is that I may remove the ground of a judgment against myself that Christ would bring by critically analyzing where I am not living by His Spirit, not acting in self-discipline, not yielding to the life of Christ within me, not manifesting the humility that God wants to produce in me, not carrying forward myself in the grace of God so that I live beyond the demands of the law and I begin to delight by that grace in glorifying Him in all of my circumstances. Here, we're testing our lives to see if we're basically living for self in God's house or we're living for God. We're checking to see if there's somehow a thread of unfaithfulness within us that would rob us of those rewards that would enhance our worship of Christ throughout all eternity and those rewards that we might enjoy with Christ even now. We're trying to, in a sense, go through the house and rip away even now the wood, hay, and stubble or chaff of our weak self-reliance in ourself and instead replace it with a complete reliance on the Holy Spirit as we walk with Him and as we go with Him and as we want to reflect His great salvation and our great Savior. Here's a quote from A.W. Tozer. Listen to it for a moment. The judgment of death and hell lies behind the Christian, but the judgment seat of Christ lies ahead. Because of this, we're called in 2 Corinthians 5.9 to correct any aberrant way or attitude that makes us unpleasing to the Father. Listen, therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to Him in consideration of the judgment seat. That aim, I want it in everything to be well-pleasing to Him. It requires that I have some certain aspect of self-judgment so that I remove from my life those things that I know are not pleasing to Him and do not satisfy Him. The last message that I preached before I went on my trip I suggested to you that God's presence, God manifesting Himself and exalting Himself through us requires that we be broken before Him. The Bible says that God dwells in a high and holy place and in the broken and contrite heart. And that the life of victory for the Christian is a life that rises out of our brokenness before Him, our surrendering ourselves completely to Him. And when we do, God comes and companions Himself in a way with us that we won't experience apart from that. So that he gives us and lends to us his life and his power to glorify him and serve him. And, and he works in cooperation with us so that we might gain as rich a reward as possible to throw at his feet. So we could say, Lord, it was all of you. But I did ask you to just begin to investigate whether you're living your life as a broken person or an unbroken person. Because if your life is not broken before him, you won't experience that exchange of his power and his grace in your life. It was an example of this very thing that we're reading about in 1 Corinthians eleven thirty one, 31, where we judge ourselves, lest we be judged. We get ahead of the judgment, lest we be judged. There are times when we've seen our children growing up and they're misbehaving. We see an attitude that's beginning to formulate in one of our children. And every once in a while, a really good thing happens. It doesn't happen enough for our satisfaction, but it happens every once in a while. We're getting ready to put the hammer down on them. We see that they're being short with their siblings. We see they're being unkind. We see they're being selfish. And wonderfully and strangely, and this has happened, the child will come to you. You know, you're ready for them. You've got the gavel in hand, and you're about ready to bring down the law on them. And they're crying, and they're in distress, and they confess to you that they've 
not been doing the things they need to be doing. They've not been treating their sister and brother right. They've not been respectful to you. They've realized that what they're doing is sin. And, they, and they're hitting all these things that their attitudes are. And you're saying, yeah, you've been that. And you, you, you bet you've been that way in your mind you're saying that, right? But as they're doing it, they're, in a sense, they're taking away all of your accusations against them. And they're laying out against your judgments. And they ask you to pray for them. They want to be right in their heart. Your heart becomes soft to them. And all of a sudden, the judgment is set aside. That's what's being called for here. Let me read to you this list again, and I'm going to shorten it up. And then over the next little while, I'm going to share some other attitudes that we might want to address as a judgment of ourselves in light of that beam of seat. And even now, by the way, I tell you that Jesus can take you before his throne and before the steps because he invites you into his presence. The Spirit would bring you there. Even now, he's judging you as he disciplines you and as he chastises you and as he corrects you and as he sends difficulties your way, even difficulties, because he's seeking to purify you and bring you to himself. But you've got to cooperate with him here before that place. Let's consider the unbroken person again. The unbroken person that God cannot fill and work through quickly grasps the failures of others. The broken person is overwhelmed with their own spiritual need. The unbroken person tends towards a critical eye on others. The broken person esteems others better than themselves. The unbroken person works hard to maintain control of their circumstances. The broken person has yielded control, trusting in God's sovereign hand. The unbroken person is driven to prove themselves right. The broken person gives up the right to be thought right. He leaves his rights and reputations in the master's hand. The unbroken person is self-protective and defensive. The broken person is self-denying and at the same time is at rest with who they are. The unbroken person wants recognition and appreciation. The broken person is just happy to be used and worthy as they are. I can't believe God would use me. The unbroken person is easily wounded by others. The broken person is wounded already by the Spirit and is glad for it. Lay me low. That's where you fill me. You flood me. There's a judgment you're being invited to. Which one are you? Which one does your life manifest, you see? If you judge yourself, you come before God, you'll not be judged. And Let me just say in conclusion for this morning... In this area of self-judgment, we should ask the Holy Spirit to lead us into this investigation. This should not be an inquisition of our flesh, stirring out our flesh, of me finding the areas where I've embarrassed myself and confessing them because I'm much better than that. This should be a judgment that is guided and led by the Spirit of God, guiding us to honestly look into our own attitudes and actions. And by the way, if the Spirit will go with you into this self-judgment, He won't just make you feel ashamed. He'll not ever bring you under condemnation. He will always lead you to the shed blood of Jesus Christ where you can wash away all of your sins. And then He will always lead you to the shared life of Jesus Christ where you can find in Him a power to live a different way so the crowns may be gained for his glory. Let's bow our heads and pray. Right here, before your throne,
at the very threshold. Not at a distance now. Drawn into the very steps at your feet. We lay. Spirit of God proceeding as a gift from the Son. Pour out upon us a spirit of contrition. Show us, reveal to us graciously and kindly those attitudes and actions of unfaithfulness that have crept into us and that we've carried forward in the Father's house as your children. Cause us to see them. Make our hearts burn against them with a zealous passion to be over them and have them be done away with. May we bring it all out in the open, hiding them from no one, no man, no person. Just wanting to be clean and washed. Wanting to be restored completely into your favor so that we might live to you for your glory and your honor. So that we might collect those crowns that only you could give because of what you've done through us. And we can throw them at your feet one day. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name. Before coming to this place of judgment, please keep in mind that you may come before Jesus now. Let us have nothing to look forward to when we see Christ, but the burning away of what we've missed and the joy of laying our crowns at his feet. This has been the Bread of Life, a program of the International Evangelism and Discipleship Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism. You can find links to our international work at breadoflifeboise.org. There, too, you can find information on the local mission of Bread of Life Fellowship Church and archives for these and other messages. Until the next time, may the Lord bless you.